the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. The last words I heard in my earphones from Sean McConnell. It's touching. Were have a good show. That's right. If either of us expired immediately, those would be the words that would resonate down through history. That's a weird beginning, isn't it? It's a weird opening. I admit it. Listen, if the world is going crazy, why shouldn't I? Just a little bit, you know what I mean? It's like uh, it's like an antibody. That is a new one. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And welcome to the show. I'm Dennis Prager. I hope you had a good weekend. I'm very lucky. I always have good weekends. Part of, A big part of the reason is I leave the world for 24 hours. Between sunset Friday and sunset Saturday... I'm often asked this totally logical question. It's not even said as uh, as a compliment. It's just said, "How much? How do I get so much done?" And there's an irony in that one day a week, I I don't do anything. Well, I mean, I do something, but I do nothing in terms of work. And it's it actually prevents burnout. It makes you enthused every week. The loss in Western society of the Sabbath is a spectacular loss. Secularism takes, but it gives nothing. What does it give? It doesn't give you meaning, doesn't give you joy, doesn't give you a, a day of the week to leave the world. Now, yep. I said something last week which resonates with me deeply. There's no secular solution to evil. Not to say that there haven't been religious roots of evil. Talk about religious roots of evil. Salman Rushdie was stabbed, I don't know, ten times, how many times. He will probably lose an eye. The Ayatollah Khomeini, the the former head of the Iranian revolution, to bring Iran back to the most primitive moral state it had ever been in some perhaps medieval time. It is a truly primitive, primitive state. But uh, I don't mean to be cute at all. Maybe I shouldn't use the word primitive because it, it doesn't describe primitives accurately primitives didn't have what exists today in Iran. 
this theocratic authoritarian slash totalitarian state where they have religious police monitoring uh, women's behavior and women's dress. And, of course, the elections are among candidates approved by the Supreme Islamic Council. Well, in the 1980s, a fatwa was issued, a religious decree, that anybody who murders Salman Rushdie gets millions of dollars from the Iranian government. He had written a book, a novel, which they held insulted Islam. As I was reading articles about the stabbing of Salman Rushdie, whom everybody had, or nearly everyone, I guess, including Salman Rushdie, had assumed this thing had finally passed after 40 years. An American kid from whose parents came from Lebanon, a kid living in New Jersey, just went over and stabbed him and stabbed him and stabbed him and stabbed him. The kid was a loner which is the usual case, then went to Lebanon to visit his father, parents separated or divorced, and there became just intoxicated with the theology of idiocy, the theology of a theology of evil, where it becomes permitted to murder people of other faiths or no faith. So this notion of insulting Islam, do you remember the Charlie Hebdo staff all murdered by Islamists, by Muslim fanatics in in Paris because they had actually put out an illustrated, uh, some illustrated pictures of Muhammad. Apparently he can't be depicted. But you have to understand, it's one thing to have laws, religious laws, with regard to your own group. But to impose religious laws at the pain of death on members of another group? Whoa, that's big deal. That is a big deal. Imagine if the Israeli government thought it was permitted to kill anybody who didn't keep kosher. That would be the equivalent. Insulting Islam. Can you imagine if Christians killed people who insulted Christianity? You know what you would have? You would have genocide. <laughs> I mean, think about it. I, it nobody, nobody thinks about it because it's so preposterous kill somebody because they insulted Christianity who or drew a picture of Jesus well yet this is uh, to to talk about this by the the worst of all the the western leftist is to engage in islamophobia to tell the truth to tell important truths tell moral truths is banned on the left that's that's the way it works an article on the stabbing in the New York Sun something you should 
look into, by the way, to find paper. Elation and fear in Iran after Rushdie attack. Government quiet. 27-year-old delivery man Reza Amiri. I don't know Salman Rushdie, but I'm happy to hear he was attacked since he insulted Islam. This is the fate for anybody who insults sanctities. Well, there are a lot of parallels between the left, not the liberal. The liberal is weak, but is not evil in the way the left is. A lot of parallels between Islamism, that is totalitarian Islam, not all of Islam, and the left. The left does not yet murder or behead opponents. It simply removes them from society, from civil society. There is blasphemy. There is insulting leftism as a crime. Listen to this one to give you an example. This is quite uh, quite scary, actually. UCLA creates a database. This is from the Epic Times. UCLA creates database to, quote, track attacks on critical race theory. Wow. Get the parallel? If you insult critical race theory, the left will do to you everything except physical murder that the Islamic regime of Iran does to people who insult, attack Islam. This is the left in America is a secular parallel to the Islamic regime, the Islamist regime of Iran. Faculty at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA School of Law, have created a database to identify and record efforts to block critical race theory being taught in schools across the country. The database, called CRT Forward Tracking Project, allows users to, quote, track attacks on critical race theory, just like they track attacks on Islam in the Iranian regime or with Islamic Jihad or any of these groups. There is a, there is a secular equivalent to Islamism, and it is leftism. It is, it is as totalitarian, it just has not resorted to murder yet. And I add yet. One eight Prager seven seven six. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. Even though rates are inching up, they're still historically low. So if you're tired of the high cost of renting, there's still time to buy a home. Whether it's your first home or your dream home, Andrew Del Rey and Todd Avakian at andrewandtodd.com are the ones I recommend that you contact to get you financing and into your new home. They're not just mortgage brokers, they're lenders with Sierra Mortgage. They've been through multiple up-and-down economic markets like the ones we are seeing today. They have years of experience to get you into your new home. Just go to andrewandtodd.com. Whether you're considering owning versus renting or seeking a safer haven for your family in a new state, 
Now is the time to get a pre-approved loan to give you the edge over other buyers when it's time to make that offer. Go to andrewandtodd.com today. Don't wait. Get your pre-approved loan today while rates are still historically low. Go to andrewandtodd.com. The human being does not value freedom in terms of human nature. The ease with which people gave up freedom in the last two years, two and a half years, uh, is proof in case you needed it. People yearn to be taken care of. They like being ordered around. A good chunk of humanity likes being ordered around. They're known as liberals. Liberals don't order as much as they enjoy being ordered. I, I don't relate to it, so I can't explain it. I love independence and freedom, even at some risk. The purpose of life is not to live long and pain-free. It is to live deeply, and that includes pain in it. The desire for a pain-free life comes from the largely pain-free life America has afforded its citizens, most of its citizens. They have their own pains, disease, difficult children, difficult marriages, difficult psychological problems, I understand that. But in terms of America, compared to other countries, is why so many people want to move here, it has been heavenly. People think that life should be heavenly as a result of America being as heavenly as it has been. So faculty at the UCLA School of Law, just like their Islamist counterparts, which is, by the way, why the left defends radical Islam, If you attack it, you are called an Islamophobe. Note, by the way, that there is no such thing as a Christian phobe. Note that. The greatest hatred in the West is, uh, and in the Islamic world, along with the Jews, is Christians. Christians bear the brunt of the mass murder, or the massive number of murders taking place on religious grounds. The reason the left defends the Islamists against attacks, verbal attacks, we're talking even, uh, is that they are kindred spirits. The database called the CRT Forward Tracking Project allows users to, quote, track attacks on critical race theory and filter the information as part of an effort to, quote, support anti-racist education, training, and research. The project was created by UCLA's Critical Race Studies Program, founded in 2000, as the first law school program in the nation dedicated to critical race theory. CRT, according to the school, is, quote, the study of systemic racism in law, policy, and society. Systemic racism. Do any truth seekers graduate UCLA Law School? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I want, and if there are, how did they withstand the world of the lie of the left in UCLA? You know how many conservative parents would be so thrilled if their kid got into UCLA Law School? Pride in child trumps values. Except you can have your kid go to a prestigious school 
and turn out an a-hole. Many do. Meanwhile, critics say, we know what critics say, it would track anti-CRT activity through the database at all levels of government across the nation. Taifa Natalie Alexander is the project director of CRT Forward. The project was created to help people understand the breadth of the attacks on the ability to speak truthfully about race and racism among the campaigns against CRT. Speak truthfully is to the left what Pravda was to the Communist Party. Pravda was the Soviet Communist newspaper, and Pravda in Russian means truth. Truth means lie in the left. Always has. There's no exception. Liberals try to tell truth. Conservatives try. And leftists lie. Because truth is not a left-wing value. It's not that they wake up in the morning and say, how can I lie? It's that it doesn't bug them if they do. In the name of the values for which they fight, lying is imperative. Telling kids, telling anybody that America is systemically racist is a lie. It's a gargantuan lie. It's up there with national lies like the lie told by Christians of Jews in medieval Europe that they use the blood of Christian children to bake matzah for Passover. Big lies are believed. This is the second biggest lie. That was the big sec- that was the biggest single national lie. This is the second biggest about America. Yep. Then they give examples in the article of school boards that have banned the teaching of CRT. As of August 2nd, the UCLA database has screened nearly 24,000 media articles and identified 479 instances of anti-CRT activity since 2021. Noah Zatz, faculty director of UCLA's Critical Race Studies program, is helping to spearhead the tracking project. Another gargantuan fool doing evil in America. No. Noah's Atz. I wonder if his parents are proud of him. They probably are. CRT Forward staff also include law librarians and undergraduate and law school research assistants. Zatz said, we need critical race theory to understand this assault on racial justice. Really? Where is the assault on racial... By the way, know another thing about the left? Whenever justice is preceded by an adjective, it's injustice. There's either justice or no justice. Not racial justice, not social justice. Just justice. But they're against just justice. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work. 
and that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code Prager. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code Prager. August is fundraising month. We picked August for the arbitrary reason, I guess, that it's my birthday, August 2nd. So we just figured, why not make August fundraising month? We're working on saving this country. Working hard, doing a lot, a lot of good. It's the largest sight of its kind in the world billion views a year. It's all free. We need your help in making more, touching kids with wholesome values. I like the word wholesome. I have a guest on each uh, each day in August. Sometimes, usually it's a member of Prager Force, the Young People's Organization, 20,000 members around the world. Sometimes it is what we would call an adult we actually have real adults at PragerU. One of them, one of my favorite, is Patty Barrett of Texas. And she is on the advisory board. Did I get that all correct, Patty? You absolutely did. Good morning, Dennis, and happy birthday a few days late. <laughs> it's quite all right. I thank you. It's a happy birthday. I love knowing that we're the same age. We are? Yes, yes. And you have done so much with the years God has given you. It just amazes me. Well, that's very sweet of you to say. I, I, I agree. I agree because I regard it as a gift from God. So I, I have is. a moral obligation to use it. But I must say, <laughs> you sort of shocked me that you don't look it. Let's put it that way. Well, I tell people my age happily, partially so they'll cut me some slack, and partially because I, I like the age and think it's something to be proud of. And I, we came to know PragerU only five years ago, I think, and we went to a, a, a big deal to fly to California for a gala, and at the time it was a little more than we were used to paying to attend events. It was life-changing. Hmm. I can't encourage people enough to to go to the events that you have to meet people in person and make those connections. It has opened a door that has brought us to being major supporters of PragerU, and it is some of the best dollars we spend. That's a beautiful story. Uh, uh, you know, I talk about the need that everyone has for kindred spirits in their lives. So this, our events make that possible. I'm very happy you mentioned that. That's exactly right. See, I don't have difficulty. I'm so public that I meet kindred spirits all the time, and it is the delight of my life. But most people are not public figures. 
Most of us do not. Yes. Most of us do not. But since I've become involved with PragerU, and you were kind enough, the first day I arrived at a board meeting, I couldn't believe I was privileged to sit in at a board meeting, and I thought, well, they just stick me off at the corner. You had a place for me at the table, and there was a box of business cards and all the information at my place, and I was welcomed there. And I have always felt that way. And I have now gone through many boxes of cards hmm. and even gotten some generic PragerU cards that I give to random people in elevators and ladies' rooms. And, uh, <laughs> I believe that. Uh, knowing you, I believe you do that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, for the first few years, I would wake up every day and say, what can I do today that will benefit PragerU? Because it is doing such powerful work in the world and what you guys have done from the first that first meeting i came when you were probably saying yes we make one five minute video every week we spend six weeks on it and this phenomenal amount of money making and marketing it and i thought that was incredible and the last time i was out there last spring oh my gosh you were you were making i think 25 new pieces of content a week that's right it's it's an enormous operation right now. Enormous. Yeah, I love it. My husband's doctor is trying to call in. I'm ignoring it. So that, that's um, funny. That is funny. I wanted, yeah, I love it. I love it. But um, what I wanted to to explore a little bit was one of the things that we've come to know as we. My husband is extremely savvy with investing and plans everything out. He has spreadsheets that go to the driveway and back. But uh, one of the things that he's realized is that for us, and it, it was partially after attending events like that, that he came to realize that we want to. We don't want to die with our money. <laughs> All right, you know what? I want to develop that point when we get back. All right, hold on, hold on. We'll be back. That's that's hilarious. Like it isn't known. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, you'll earn, as I have, cash back thanks to Upside. I couldn't believe it, actually, but it's so simple to use, and you really do get much more money back than anywhere else I have ever heard of. I don't know why you wouldn't do it, frankly. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code Dennis and Julie and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. Download the free Upside app and use the promo code Dennis and Julie to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code Dennis and Julie. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good weekend. This is hour number two. I want to remind you if you don't get to hear all three hours of my show, and I intend to earn your desire to hear all three, go to PragerTopia.com. You can hear them without commercials. PragerTopia.com. First hour, I noted the stabbing of Salman Rushdie. 
the Indian former Muslim novelist, and he has been under the threat of a fatwa from the Iranian regime for 40 years for criticizing Islam. You're not allowed to do that, especially in Muslim. But anybody, as the Charlie Hebdo editors found, as they were all murdered, the French satirical magazine, remember that? They were all massacred by Islamists. I noted that there is there are tremendous parallels between the left and the Islamists. The Islamists are religious totalitarians and the left are secular totalitarians. What is all of the what are all these phobias if not you will be destroyed if you insult in the case of the Muslim regimes or Islamist regimes, Islamist being the ones that wish to impose Sharia on non-Muslims, it is insult of Islam, of the Quran, of Muhammad, or of Islam generally. And for the left, it is criticism of trans, trans people or uh, any minority or women you cannot criticize, even if the, if the criticism is legitimate. So if I tell you that women are playing a disproportionate role in ruining children because they are so disproportionately elementary school teachers, that would be an example to the left of where I should be shut down because I criticized women. There is no difference between the insulting. What is what is safe spaces? If not, I feel insulted. The ease with which one is insulted and the draconian methods to shut up the insulter. These are total parallels between the Iranian regime and the left in the United States, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, and wherever else the left is powerful. Don't insult anything that we stand for. You will be destroyed. The only difference, and it's a, it's a substantial difference, I acknowledge, is that for the Islamists, you are to be destroyed, literally murdered. As the attempt was done by a young Muslim boy from New Jersey, originally parents from Lebanon. According to his mother, he went to Lebanon and came back a very religious kid. When you hear that a Muslim kid goes to the Middle East and comes back very religious, it's usually not a good sign. According to the left, that would be Islamophobia. According to the right, that would be just a statement of truth with no hatred behind it whatsoever. We have the secular version of the Islamic Republic of Iran. In the United States, it is the Democratic Party, it is the mainstream media, it is the universities. As I read to you, UCLA Law School is compiling a database of those who insult CRT, critical race theory. The only difference between religious totalitarians and secular totalitarians is 
is, at least at this moment, that wasn't true in the 20th century. It is not yet fatal to the critic of leftist ideas that, in other words, they're not murdered. That's the only difference. You are fired, your name is murdered, your livelihood is murdered, but you are not murdered yet. I say yet because nearly all of the genocides of the 20th century were leftist totalitarians. Secularism breeds leftism, leftism breeds evil. That's the way it works. You can deny it all you like, but that is the way it works. How do you explain the eruption of leftism in America? Where one is supposed to say it is a beautiful thing that there is an all-black dormitory at Columbia University or an all-black graduation. That is a beautiful thing at Columbia. It is a beautiful thing, as I always tell you, for the Ku Klux Klan as well. So, these parallels between the Islamist and the leftist are very, very deep. It's one of the reasons the leftists feel like John Kerry. He is so in with the Iranian regime. The foreign minister was his pal. Why wouldn't they be totalitarians like other totalitarians? Just remember, the insult to Islam is exactly echoed in the insult to, and then you name the group other than white, heterosexual, Christian, cisgender males. We're living through another uh, hoax, another hysteria just like the, uh, that AIDS was an equal opportunity killer, when in fact, in, in America at least, not necessarily in Africa, it overwhelmingly killed gay men and IV drug users. And of course, if you said that, the left said that you were insulting gays, just like you can insult Muhammad. The question for the left is never... Please capitalize and italicize never. Is it true? The left no more asks if a statement that they don't like is true than the Islamic regime of Iran does. Truth is not a left-wing value. So they don't ask, is it true? They just attack you for insulting them or one of the groups in whose name they speak for. To say that AIDS was a gay male, by the way, gay women were the least likely group to get AIDS. Yet it was still called homophobic by the liars of the left, which is redundant, but needs to be stated in, in its redundancy. Now we have a new one, monkeypox. Monkeypox is overwhelmingly fatal or even contracted by, fatal to and contracted by gay, bisexual men. Men who have intimate physical relations with another man. 
how big there is the percentage? I think it's, let's see, I think it is 98. Article by Michael Fomento in the American Spectator. Why has the World Health Organization proposed changing the name? Do you know they're, they're proposed? I didn't know that. WHO, which is a woke organization, is committed to health uh, by name, but not by purpose. It's committed to changing the world, as UN organizations are, toward obedience to gigantic authority. Now, why has WHO proposed changing the name Monkeypox? Well, here's the reason. In the sick world, the stupid world, you are expected to inhabit and say, yes, that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. Because it is discriminatory and stigmatizing. Their words. Really? Huh. Did you know that? Yes. Department of Health and Human Services, the U.S., has declared the disease that will soon be called formerly known as monkeypox, a public health emergency. So, so the, it's, it's formerly known as monkeypox. Wow. That's, that's, that is moral progress. Well, they, they dropped Cleveland Indians. Why won't they drop monkeypox? There is nothing the left can do that will arouse more than half of America. Nothing. We return. The Dennis Prager Show. And you can watch this show on the Salem News Channel, not just hear it. And you can now see Sebastian Gorka, my guest. My colleague, Salem Radio, has a national show that emanates from the Washington, D.C. area, and he's a former, what would, what would be the word in the in the Trump administration? A former... Deputy assistant. Thank you. And uh, Sebastian Gorka knows a lot, and I want to get his take on the FBI raid. There is a piece, Sebastian, I don't know if you saw it in, uh, in, in Real Clear Politics, just came up. It's titled Federal Bureau of Intimidation. And I thought that that is an appropriate term that we might want to continue to use. What do you think? Uh, as uh, We can use that new term until we dismantle the FBI. It has to be taken apart brick by brick, and it saddens me to say that. Before I joined the, the White House, uh, my wife Katie and I had a company that provided um, – the only external counterterrorism training on ISIS and Al-Qaeda to the counterterrorism division of the Bureau, which meant over the span of five years, I trained literally thousands of FBI special agents, intelligence analysts, and support staff. And it was a matter of pride for me. Whichever field office I was in, I'd be received by the local special agent in charge. I'd get the challenge coin from that bureau, from from that regional office. I'd get the pin of the FBI, and I'd wear them with pride. Now, if the FBI knocked on my door, Dennis, I would tell them to pound sand and go and talk to my lawyers. It has become a political police arm of the Biden administration and the DNC more particularly. 
Good. So in light of your positive experience with many agents, and I know this is somewhat speculative, but I'd like you to speculate. What percentage of those working in the FBI are ashamed of the FBI? I, I don't think I can give you a, a, even an approximate percentage for that because it doesn't matter. As you have said so, so many times, and I actually used it on my show last week with full accreditation, there are three types of people. There are the fighters, there are those that assist the, the fighters, and there are those that do nothing. Now, what your reason for doing nothing is, is irrelevant functionally. So as an expert on communism and, and the Cold War who traveled behind the Iron Curtain, Dennis, you know that it's not – the question isn't how many people mm-hmm. uh, are truly communists. The question is how many people were prepared to resist or how many were prepared to create the permissive environment superb in answer. which the- that's a superb superb answer do you, do you in light of that I, I i know you know because of your family background in hungary but very few americans knew this a tiny percentage of the soviet population were members of the communist party it doesn't not, not take a, a lot no, not only that. All, all it takes is a, is a very dedicated, hardcore, radical uh, minority to, to drive their ideology. Uh, the, you know, I mean, the, the percent. For, forget membership of the, the Communist Party, Dennis. How many people do? do I'll, ask, I'll ask you the question now. How many people do we think in the Soviet Union had ever read Das Kapital or the Communist Manifesto? I, I would say a fraction of a percentage, which is which 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 means you know your cognizant. Buying into the ideology is irrelevant if you do nothing to stop it. It's, it's like Václav Havel said. It's like Solzhenitsyn said. It takes one person to tell the truth. That is enough to start the cracks forming. But if you refuse to tell the truth, then the, the, the persecution right. and the ideological framework so is you, maintained. Your answer to my question was, and I, I, I accept it fully, it's irrelevant. I asked wh- yeah. what percentage of agents are ashamed of the FBI, but if they don't, if they don't speak up, if they don't engage in dissent, that percentage is irrelevant. So I, I, I would, yeah, go on. I would hope that you or I, if we had been the field agents in Florida in the Southern District, who had had this uh, warrant handed down to us from the Hoover Building in D.C. to raid a former president's home, we would have said, here's my badge, here's my gun, I don't do this. They didn't. That's correct. That's a very important point. So when we come back, I want to ask you about the Washington Post claim that that nuclear codes are involved here. (laughs) So let me tell you, I know nothing about this. I I just don't. I don't know who has nuclear codes other than the president. But it struck me as a common sense notion that when a president leaves office, they change the codes. (laughs) So his numbers might as well be a a lottery scratch sheet. Right. (laughs) Okay. We, 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 We can discuss. Yes, we will. Sebastian Gorka is my guest. We're talking about the FBI, the raid, the government. These are very frightening times, my friends, but the trick is not to fear. Ah, now we're talking. Okay. Dennis Prager here with Sebastian Gorka, my friend, my colleague, or if you prefer, my colleague and my friend. (laughs) He's a former deputy assistant to President Donald Trump who uh, knows this stuff really well. 
so I I'm very happy to have him on about the raid that just took place. The Washington Post reported that it is related to the former president having nuclear codes. As I said to you at the very end of the last segment, I know nothing about nuclear codes, but I am a big believer in common sense. It has done very uh, good for me all of my life. And it seems to me that as soon as a president leaves office, they change the codes. Do you know? Does that make sense? So let, let, let's have a look at w- why this is actually, you know, it's outrageous that they're raiding a former president's private home, but, but why it's also absurd. The narrative is changing every 12 hours, Dennis. First, we were told that it's because there were documents that had, it, had to go back into the National Archive. That was the first justification. Then we were told that it was something to do with nuclear weapons. And now we're told even later than that, that it's something to do with the Espionage Act. When the narrative justification changes every day, that's because they don't have a real justification. To, to your concrete question... Uh, the nuclear launch codes, uh, uh, it's not a number they tell the president in, on inauguration day and that he you know, writes on the palm of his hand. It, it's actually a briefcase. It's called the nuclear football. It is carried by his military aide, and he's within 30 feet of the president 24 hours a day. The president doesn't have a piece of folded paper in his wallet that he takes out and reads the launch codes on. So the idea that he has launch codes is, of course, asinine. The launch codes are with the current military aid to Joe Biden. And of course, they are regularly changed for all kinds of security reasons. More importantly, when it comes to any kind of classification, when you leave government, you do not get to keep your clearance. Every clearance lasts for five years. As soon as it expires, it's gone. It's disappeared. Unless you're still doing work for the government, you do not have a reason to have a clearance, with the exception of cabinet members and directors of agencies like the CIA director. Presidents, for example, go to their coffins, go into the grave with their security clearance at the highest level, which includes nuclear or Q security clearance. Jimmy Carter, yes, he's still alive. Jimmy Carter still maintains the highest level of national security clearance in America. So the idea that any former president would be abusing or reading things he's not supposed to read, again, is asinine. It's a lie. And then secondly, why did it take a year and a half for them to come after the nuclear codes? Because if it were nuclear codes, that's rather important. It's all spurious. It is all a farrago. It is all a tissue of lies. Well, you went through the the three, the, what was it, archives, nuclear codes, Espionage, espionage Act, yeah. Right. By right. the way, the Espionage Act is like a hundred years old. Is that right? Yes, correct. And, and what, what, what again? What again? In a nutshell, does it say? Uh, it has to do with your giving uh, classified. It doesn't have to be classified. It can be information of national security import to our enemies. So, so what we're positing, they actually think Donald Trump is giving nuclear launch codes to little Kim in North Korea. This is the level of derangement we are dealing with inside the FBI, the DOJ, and the White House. And on top of that, the idea that the White House didn't know, hang on a second, you're telling us really this is about nu- nuclear codes, but you didn't tell the White House? Again, absurd. What do you think is going? I, I, I hate to ask predictive questions, but I, I don't understand what the end game is. Is it if you support Donald Trump, you may be in real trouble? 
is it we really want to jail this man? What do you think? Two things. Uh, number one, to prevent him from running. Th there will be a criminal indictments uh, leveraged from the January 6th committee concerning sedition or the obstruction of an official proceedings against President Trump himself. They're going to probably use this raid as well to levy additional charges against him with regards to classified uh, documents. They wish to prevent him from running. Why? Because they know he will be a one-term president, does not have to get re-elected, and he can really clean the swamp in his second term. And secondly, their boy has, you know, he's in a 28% approval rating. Whether it's 2 million illegals, 9% inflation, the disaster in Ukraine, they have nothing to run on, so they have to gin up the anti-Trump hatred. Secondly, and this, this is happening at the same time, the January 6 hearings are about intimidating the 74 million Americans that voted for him. When, when, you're, when you're giving four-month prison sentences to grandmothers who strolled into the statuary room of Congress, it's not about just the president or Peter Navarro or Steve Bannon. It's about anybody who dares to use the phrase make America great again without being vituperative about it. I'm going to go to an area of, of psychoanalysis, uh, but it's been seriously. Do you think that Merrick Garland is animated by anger <laughs> over not getting into the Supreme Court? I would be, I mean, I would be surprised if he weren't. But Merrick Garland isn't the center of gravity for what is occurring right now. He is, my favorite phrase for him is a meat puppet. I mean, look at the way this man testifies on, on Capitol Hill. He's not exactly a giant amongst the men. That, that so-called press conference where he spent most of the time praising the FBI. What, why are you praising the FBI? You mean the FBI that lied about FISA search warrants against Carter Page and General Flynn, that FBI? So he's an inconsequential figure who is just rubber stamping these issues. The real person in charge is Lisa Monaco, the deputy attorney general who was Obama's chief counterterrorism strategist. So, so it's, it's the old Obama schlep that are really running things. And it's the same people. Her deputy was responsible for the Russia, Russia hoax, invest, hoax investigation. So the people who tried to besmirch and smear President Trump for four years are the real people running the DOJ. Merrick Garland is just rubber stamping the, the, the warrants. Boy, am I glad I spoke to you. <laughs> I am. I, I'm sure I cheered you up greatly, as Hungarians are wont to do. That's funny. <laughs> I love that. I, I love your comment. It has nothing to do with your being Hungarian. It has to do with the fact that you know so much and you're a truth teller. Sebastian Gorka, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. If you want to, please, I know the Rational Bible is good, but if you want to check out this stuff, National Security, The War for America's Soul is, is my latest book. Good. Glad you mentioned it. There is so much to tell you on a Monday because of the weekend. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Hope you heard the first two hours. If you didn't, if you don't get to hear all three hours, you can hear all of them without commercials at PragerTopia.com. That's Utopia with a Prager. I spoke to Sebastian Gorka about the raid. I read to you a piece, or part of a piece, describing the FBI as the Federal Bureau of Intimidation. We are watching in real time the country become a police state, 87,000 more IRS agents. This is what a police state means. 
you will be policed more than ever. Half the American people are okay with it, which is a very sobering thing. Read the two articles, the two columns I wrote this past year, or not this past year, a year ago. One was titled The Good German, the other The Good American. I have had my thinking deeply affected by watching the acquiescence to a police state develop in the West. All you just say is health, and people lie down. Yep. I I had begun this article about monkeypox and the lie that we're told now by the New England Journal of Medicine and by Fauci and by the World Health Organization. It's not a gay men's disease, but it is. And their own journals have actually proved it. And 98 or 99% of those in the West, outside of Africa, who have the disease have it from male-male sexual contact. But truth is not a left-wing value, therefore it is not said. Get it? This is a perfect example of truth is not a left-wing value. And also they're changing the name because it stigmatizes groups. Yep. Anthony Fauci said, the government must fight homophobic stigmas surrounding monkeypox. Yeah. There you go. That that reveals you the, the moral backbone of Tony Fauci. That line alone. I'm, I'm, I'm your chief health spokesman. I'm supposed to tell you the truth about health. No, but I'm not interested in the truth about health. I'm interested in woke ideas about gays. So we can't stigmatize. In other words, we can't tell the truth. That's what it means. Well, the man has lied to us for a bunch of the last two and a half years. He has no reason for him to stop. New England Journal of Medicine said, although the current outbreak is disproportionately affecting gay or bisexual men and other men who have sex with men, monkeypox is no more a gay disease than it is an African disease. Really. 98% of the people affected are gay men or men involved in gay sex, and it's not a, but it's not a gay disease. Hmm. That's from the New England Journal of Medicine. So Fomento writes correctly, epidemiology, you see, like journalism, is a field heavily dominated by homophile leftists. The Washington Post reports in a 2018 survey, 72.5% of members of the Society for Epidemiologic Research reported their political affiliation as liberal-slash-left-leaning, compared with 4.4% who responded conservative-slash-right-leaning. And he concludes, epidemiology has long since gone from being a hard science to a political ideology. That is correct. When I hear an epidemiologist 
give recommendations as opposed to any epidemiological report. I take it as seriously as I do a professor of English or anthropology or gender studies. I've said this for a long time. I knew that epidemiologists were lying about secondhand smoke, and now I've been proven right. The field has been corrupted because everything the left touches, it ruins. So you have a choice, my dear listener. You have a choice on whether to get it, go into despair or fight. And I read to you a powerful line from a, a commentary on one of the biblical books, the book of Numbers, which I'm writing my fourth volume of my Bible commentary on the first five books. I'm writing it right now. Deuteronomy comes out in October. Most important things I ever wrote, my Bible commentary, because it's the Bible versus the left. And I don't mention the left once. There is not a, there's no politics in my commentary. All I can tell you is if you take the Bible seriously, you will fight for what is good. It's not meant to be a fighter's manual. It just you, you just learn things. You learn how to judge the past. From the Noah story, you learn that you judge people in their generations. You don't judge them by the later generations. Anyway, the guy wrote in his commentary, it was a brilliant line and made a big impact on me. So Moses sent 12 spies, um, a leader from each of the 12 tribes, into Canaan to scout the area with regard to going in and conquering Canaan. Ten of the spies said we can't conquer it. Two said we can. The ten were basically saying, don't believe God's promise. Yeah, you had ten plagues. Yeah, you got out of Egypt. Yeah, you get manna from heaven every day. Yeah, the sea was split. Mm, But still, don't trust them on getting into Canaan. So it was a a big problem. And he said, but their biggest sin was despair. That's a great, great line. So if you despair over the current situation, you're sinning. The trick is to fight. Despair leads to lethargy. Enough despair, you don't get out of bed in the morning. The left is destroying the West. It wants to destroy the West. So you you can stay in bed or you can get out of bed. That's your choice. One eight Prager seven seven six. I haven't taken one call today, been so involved with ideas that I wanted to bring to you here. Uh, by the way, I mentioned uh, the, uh, the the Salman Rushdie stabbing, and I noted that there are profound parallels between the Islamists and the leftists. If you insult Islam, you get destroyed by the Islamist. Not every Muslim is an Islamist. And if you uh, t- insult the left, they want to destroy you too. 
the Islamists destroy you by death. The left destroys you by the death of your career and your name. It's a big difference, I fully acknowledge. But that's the only difference between the Islamists and the leftists. Let's see here. Mel in Jamestown, New York. Hello. Do we have the phones on, my dear engineer? Well, I don't blame Mel, frankly. The guy's been on for two hours, and he probably gave up. Okay, Mel. Eden Prairie, Minnesota. James, hello. I'm here. You certainly are there. Good man. Oh, brother, I have listened to you. I Just to hear your voice and I can talk to you is unbelievable. Thank you. But some other things, I'm going through Nehemiah. I agree with what you were talking about with Moses and all of that. We have a fear that undermines our ability to trust God. We need to be free in all the other things in life. And I heard from one of your friends. All right, hold on, hold on. i I got, I got to take a break, and I will hear the rest of your thought. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. And let me go to uh, back to our caller in Minnesota. And that is James. Okay, James, take it away. Hi, Dennis. Yep. So you, I, I just made a statement to your people that uh, I think there's going to be a pushback on this uh, IRS stuff. And I think there are going to be a lot of deaths. And call. Um, it's going it, to create some deaths on it. What's going to happen? They can't push us around and et cetera. I'm not a. I'm. I'm not a radical or anything. I'm a churchgoer. I'm a believer, and I'm born again Christian. But uh, they 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 got to stop this. Well, I pray it doesn't happen, but it is hard to imagine that you can have. A, a tyrannical push and no pushback. I pray it doesn't happen. I've been, I've been hoping for that all of my life. The left will become, it, it is, it's tyrannical in its nature. There's no exception from Vladimir Lenin to George Soros. There, there is no exception. The left will control you if it can. But now they have more power than ever because they have the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization. You you name world and the odds are that the left controls it. Then you, you watch Bill Gates buy up all this farmland. Why is he doing that? You have to understand, my whole life I was, I took pride in never believing in conspiracies. But I also believe in data. The data are are very significant. Now, he mentioned that he was a believer and that he was a born-again Christian, my caller, James, in Minnesota. Now you know why the left hates Christians. They know that the only large group that might oppose their takeover of America is Christians. And, of course, a lot of Christians are woke. A lot of Christians stop being Christians. But there are still 
among the, the groups that exist that oppose the left as a group, no one is as numerous as Christians. So that's, uh, that's why now we're reading constantly in the New York Times the propaganda, which is, it is propaganda in the worst sense of the word, of Christian nationalism. You, I've never heard the term. I, I work for Christians. I constantly associate with Christians. I have for, see how many years, about 30 years. And I never heard the term Christian nationalism. I don't even know what it means. It's like uh, when people attack me and they, they throw in the word QAnon. I don't know what QAnon is. I, I swear to God, I don't know what it is. The only time I see the term QAnon mentioned is when it is a left-wing attack on a conservative. I've never seen it. I don't know anybody who looks at it. I don't know what it is. I have never seen it. That's something. <laughs> so, I, but it doesn't matter. None of this stuff matters. Monkeypox is not uh, not a gay disease. Yep. The, the ease with which people are lied to, and then they buy it. And then they buy it. On that subject, Joe in Minneapolis. Hello. Hello, Dennis. Thanks for taking my call. It's a pleasure to get to speak to you, and thanks for all the work that you do with Prager U and, and, you know, just having the bravery to go out and stand up to this garbage that we have to live with day and day out, likes of you and Ben Shapiro's and the Jordan Petersons out there. I mean, it's just so important. Uh, main reason I called was this whole monkeypox thing, the fact that the CDC on their own website, you know, and trying to rename it and what a joke. I mean, why can't they just put a PSA out to the niche, general, small demographic of people that this affects and, and give them truth? Say, hey, this is the demographic that is being affected. These are the activities. They and, do. Uh, they actually do in some cases. And then they announce that it's not a gay disease. So so <laughs> okay, while they, so they, like- they tell gay males, you better watch it. And then they announce it's not a gay illness. Okay, so it's going to rain. It's going to rain, but we're not going to get wet. That is exactly right. Right. That's right. So I guess the handful of you who own umbrellas should take one out. But for the society as a whole, please understand that the rain affects everybody equally, whether you have an umbrella or not. This was a test the last two years. Can people ruin their children's lives because the state told them to? And the answer is yes. Everything the left hoped for came true, came to fruition in the last two and a half years. You can have people hurt their children just if the government tells you to. Child sacrifice did not end with Moloch. Jordan Peterson, for whom I have extraordinary admiration and respect, just spent eight days with him in Miami, and it just increased. The more I know him, the more I am I am touched by him. Jordan Peterson has a piece in the uh, Daily Telegraph, Britain. 
And it's it's basically a cry from the heart against the environmentalist totalitarians, the most vicious group of people in the Western world today, the sickest, the worst, and the left, which uses the environmentalist movement to suppress liberty and change the world. And he... Uh, He writes, the warning bells are ringing. Listen to them before they turn into sirens. We will not advance without resistance through the straits of your enforced privation. We will not allow you to steal and destroy the energy that makes our lives bearable and that produces our food and shelter and housing and the sporadic delights of modern life just to address your existential terror particularly when it will fail to do so in many cases. We will not allow our children to be criticized first for having the temerity to merely exist and then be deprived of the prosperous and opportunity-rich future we strived so hard to prepare for them. We remain unconvinced of your frightened and self-congratulatory moralizing and intellectual pretension ignorance of the limits of statistics and misuse of arithmetic. We do not believe finally and most absolutely that your declared emergency and the panic you sow because of it means that you should now be ceded all necessary authority. So leave us alone, you centralizers, you worshipers of Gaia, you sacrificers of the wealth and property of others, You would-be planetary saviors, you Machiavellian pretenders and virtue signalers, objecting to power, all the while you gather it around you madly. Leave us alone, to prosper or not, as a result of our own choices, as a result of our own actions, in the exercise of our own requisite and irreducible responsibility. Leave us alone. Or reap the whirlwind, and watch the terrible destruction of what you purport to save, in consequence. Jordan Peterson. Just a few years ago, Jordan Peterson was a relatively unknown professor of psychology at the University of Toronto. And every so often, life seems to pick someone to see what others don't see, or at least to fight when others won't fight. What apparently started him off was being told by the province of Ontario, where Toronto is located, that he must use certain pronouns. He is not free to use the pronoun he wishes in addressing another human being. And he thought, wait a minute, the government of my province is going to make it illegal for me to say he or she? And that's what snapped him into the realization that the left is destroying liberty, a realization that almost no liberal has come to admit, because that means they they wouldn't be able to continue to vote Democrat in the United States, and that is impossible for most liberals because they have been weaned on the belief that Republicans are their enemy. It is no deeper than that. 
Leave us alone. Leave us alone is the antithesis of leftism. I want you to remember my first point of the show today, reflecting on Salman Rushdie's stabbing. The left and the Islamist regimes have everything in common. Leftism is far more similar to Khamenei than it is to Lincoln or Washington or Jefferson. It is our secular version of a theocracy. That's what it is. But you have been led to believe that secular is definitionally beautiful. It isn't. And the left is the proof. Leave us alone. That's all we ask. But if they left us alone, they would cease to be leftists. Hey, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. Final segment of the show. I'm looking at this picture Yahoo.com, Yahoo News. Gang of female shoplifters stole thousands of dollars worth of men's Nike boxer shorts from Kohl's stores. And you should, the picture, it's as it's it's clear a picture as possible, three young black girls, and they're just stealing thousands of dollars of stuff. I would do anything to interview them, anything. It, it would be, uh, I, I think an interview with them would be do more good for society than just jailing them should they be caught. You, know, you don't see them from the front, you see them from the, uh, from the side. And I would say to them, how do you justify stealing? And I would be willing to bet that their answer would be, given how America treats us blacks, uh, that's how I justify it. That's it. It's no question that that's that's a role that is being played here. Also, people don't fight back. Every Everybody who works in a store is told don't resist. That's not American. American is, is resist evil. 75 years ago, if three girls started stealing stuff at a store, uh, the, uh, the people working in the store would stop them. Is it a risk to stop them? Yes, it is. But you know what? It's, it's a bigger risk for society if we don't stop them. Life is very precious. But it's not the most precious thing of all. I was raised with the line from Patrick Henry, give me liberty or give me death. I admit it didn't mean much. Of course, I memorized it. Every kid learned it. Now it really takes on meaning because we might have to choose between liberty and life. But the love of liberty is not particularly great any longer. However, if you despair, you sin, as I mentioned to you frequently, and you can't. 
One way not to despair, I will end the show by noting, is by helping those of us who are fighting. PragerU is a fighter, a particularly effective one. Please help. Donate whatever you can. We appreciate the little and the big. PragerU.com, 833-PRAGERU. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.